Welcome to the Yadkin Examine. My name is Jonathan Gaylord, the pastor at Yadkinville United Methodist Church, and the Yadkin Examine is a weekly podcast where every Monday we take a moment to reflect on the past week, give thanks to God, and seek strength for the day and week to come. The Examine comes out of a technique described by Ignatius Loyola and is still practiced by Jesuits twice daily. We've adapted it here to help us reflect on the events in our lives and discern God's presence and will for us. We'll use prompts for self-reflection from various sources, like the 22 questions John Wesley and the Holy Club at Oxford would ask themselves daily. In addition to that, we'll hear an excerpt from Sunday's sermon, and we'll draw some reflection questions from the sermon, our worship, and the scripture text. The reflection questions are listed in the show notes, and you may want to copy them so that you can write out your answers as a journaling practice. As we prepare to pray together, I invite you to take a moment to center your body, heart, and mind for prayer, maybe through taking several deep breaths, finding a comfortable posture, anything that helps you to be present to the Holy Spirit in our midst. Let us now begin with the February 12th sermon preached by me, Jonathan Gaylord, on Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. One of the things that I, I really used to love um, was pulling the dryer lint trap out of the dryer and sweeping all the lint off. I don't know, like, I just loved it. Like, it was a really satisfying thing. Like, you do it and you throw the lint out and, like, it's like, yes, I did something. I've accomplished something. At some point, I, like, I, I just stopped loving it and therefore stopped doing it. Um, and our dryer has this weird lint trap where it's got kind of like a basket on the bottom. And so... For the longest time, it wouldn't go all the way into the, the, the hole, the saddle that it's supposed to go into. And it just kind of like, there's something blocking it. It was sitting on something. And it was kind of like, you know, whatever, it's good enough, right? You'd pull it out and there'd still be lint on the screen. And so I, I finally just like, the, the way I approach things is that something just bothers me until I solve it and figure it out. And for some reason, it started, it bothered me. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make this screen go all the way into the slot it's supposed to go into. And so we keep a little dust buster next to the dryer because that's just where it plugs in. And it has a light on it. So I grab it and I, I grab the flexible tube that goes in the dust buster and I take the screen out and I shove the tube down into the, the lint trap without the screen in there. And I turn the light on and I can see like, oh, okay, like the thing that's keeping the lint trap from going all the way down, the lint screen from going all the way down is like some sort, like a buildup of, of lint, dryer lint. So I turn on the dust buster and it kind of a little bit and it gets a little bit and I'm like, this isn't going to, this isn't going to work. I've got to go get the big vacuum cleaner. So I go get the big vacuum cleaner with the longer, straighter tube and I jam it down in there and I start sucking out all of this dryer lint. And I can see with the light from the dust buster just how much is down there. And it was shocking and appalling. <laughs> Filled up the entire canister on our big vacuum cleaner. How much was down there, which is also not safe, I guess, but uh, the Lord is with us and works in mysterious ways. So I got all the dryer lint out of the dryer and the screen goes down into the, into the hole and sits there and it's all nice and neat and has encouraged me to renew my commitment to cleaning out the, the lint trap in the dryer. But light has a funny way of revealing things to us. I knew that the, the trap, the screen, didn't go all the way down into 
the hole. I knew there was something blocking it. And uh, for whatever reason, I was able to kind of put it out of my mind. Say, well, it works well enough. It works good enough. And then I got the Dustbusters light down in there, and I realized, oh, no. This is not good at all. That's the funny thing about light, is that when you turn on the light, you can see, or hopefully, you can see the problem. But you don't have to do anything about it. I could turn on the light on the dustbuster and go, man, there's a lot of lint down there, and just shove the lint screen back on top of it and been satisfied that uh, our dryer was working at like 10% of what it should have been. But light has a way of revealing to us those places where we have fallen short. And an invitation to enter into work in those places. One of the images that we have as Methodists when we talk about salvation is we actually talk about salvation kind of with two different house analogies. But one of them, we talk about salvation as being this basement. A basement where we never turn on the light. A basement where we, we don't quite know what's in there. A basement where we can't see all the bugs or the mice or the, the garbage. The basement where we, you know, just throw all of our, our things that we no longer have a use for but don't want to drive to Goodwill or the dump. We just throw them into the basement. And when we talk about salvation... We talk about salvation as this moment of turning on the light. We're we're justified. We accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, and suddenly the light comes on, which just means that all of a sudden we can see the things that are in the basement. We can see the water on the walls. We can see where mice and rats have made their way through the basement floor and carved out paths. We can see all the junk that we threw down there hoping to never look at again. We can see all of a sudden what's in front of us and what the problems are. And as Methodists, when we talk about salvation, we also talk about salvation as the process of actually going down into the basement because now that the light is on, we can see those places in our lives where we need Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to come into our souls and into our lives and help us make things right. So as Methodists, and this is one of those places where we really start to pull away from uh, our Baptist brothers and sisters and some of our Presbyterian brothers and sisters, is we see this thing of salvation not as a single event, but as something that we are constantly undergoing, something that we are constantly asking Jesus Christ to come into our lives and to help us figure out. We also see salvation as not just for us as individuals, but as something we all do together. Jesus' image of being a light on a hill, being a light on a mountaintop, is that we are lights not only for ourselves, for our own internal lives, but for the world. And the church should function very much like that light going on in the basement or the light on my uh, dustbuster revealing to me the problems in our dryer lint trap. The church should be this place where we throw out so much hope that those places of darkness, of pain, and oppression that exist in our world cannot be 
ignored. The church's job is fundamentally to show and to tell the world that God's way is different, that God's way is full of hope, that God's way is present. Almighty God, thank you for the ways that you've shown up in our lives. Help us to follow you. Help us to see like you. Help us to have your grace and your love for ourselves and for others. Be with us now, Almighty God, as we reflect on the week that has been and prepare ourselves for the week that will be. Prayerfully review your past week. What are you thankful for? Where did the Holy Spirit move in your life? As you consider where you've fallen short, ask yourself these questions from John Wesley and the Holy Club. Did the Bible live in me today? Do I give it time to speak to me every day? Am I enjoying prayer? Now consider these questions, drawn from the sermon, our scripture text, and our worship together. What bushels might exist in your life that are keeping you from being the light of God to your neighbors? Has there been a time when someone has been the light of Christ for you? Has there ever been a time where you've realized something about yourself and chosen not to act? Almighty God, thank you for loving us, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into our heart and into our lives. Help us to be your people, to be your light, not just as a city on the hill, but a light that goes out, closing the distance between us and those who find themselves in darkness. And Lord, may your light come into our lives, revealing to us our need for you. We pray all this through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now I invite you to reflect once more on Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. 
For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Thank you so much for praying the Yadkin Examine with us today. As always, encourage you to join us on Wednesdays with the Yadkin Lectio on Sundays in worship or just next Monday when we come back to the Yadkin Examine once more. Thank you for bringing me with you and us with you uh, as you go about your day and as you go about your life. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always reach me at pastor at yadkinvilleumc.org. If you'd like to support the podcast, encourage you to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps folks when they're looking at podcasts and wondering if they want to join us. Uh, it helps them to see that they will not be praying alone. And so I encourage you to rate and review the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, you can always do so at yadkinvilleumc.org forward slash contribute. Just click the other button and write Yadkin Examine in there. Uh, anything you give goes to support uh, the digital and online ministries of Yadkinville United Methodist Church. And until we pray together again, I wish God's blessings upon you and that the Holy Spirit move in powerful and mighty ways in your life. Amen.